Hello and welcome to the That's So Craven podcast, your Fulham pod from down under. We come to you with Fulham sitting pretty in seventh spot and about to take on the Premier League and possibly world football's toughest test. A trip to Man City, undoubtedly one of the best teams in Europe over the last five years, would usually be viewed as a write-off, but with Fulham's recent good form and their performances against the top sides this year, we could potentially see an upset on the cards. Joining me to discuss this one, we have ex-Man City diehard and Haaland fanboy, Sam. How are you going, Sammy? Hello, hello. Is that a fair intro for you? Yeah, I'm not sure if it's fair, but <laughs> yeah, I, I like Man City. I've always liked Man City. It's very unpopular, but I like it. No, I did have this argument with uh, Dad, who unfortunately can't join us this week, um, about your previous support for Man City. I told Dad I was I was certain you were a Man City fan when you first started really getting into football, what, probably 10, 15 years ago now. Tell tell me I'm right, because I'm pretty sure I remember that. No, you were right. So um, uh, I, I always had um, Man City as my second team just because, like, um, uh, I was like, well, I'll have – yeah, because it, it was literally circa – it was when they bought like Rubinho yeah. and like um, Santa Cruz and like they had just got money. I remember they had Craig Bellamy at the time mm-hmm. and like they had just come into money. And I was like, I remember saying to my friend Rob, I was like three years and they're winning a Premier League and I want to get on that bandwagon. Um, and to be fair, it was right. And I've they've always kind of been like um, um, when in the Premier League, and Fulham were in the championship, I'd be like, okay, I'd go for Man City. But then it got a little bit ridiculous. And as a result, I was just like, I can't, like, this This doesn't feel right to support this team anymore. So, but you used to be an Arsenal fan, so. Uh, I Well, I, I was a Carlisle fan for a little bit. I was an Arsenal fan back in the very, very early days before I really got into football and then switched my allegiances to the right team. But it's, it's a good point yeah. you make, actually, about, being a Fulham fan overseas and the fact that when your team drops down out of the Premier League, it's very hard to follow them. So yeah. I totally understand the reason for following Man City. You actually get to see Man City play every week. Um, when, you, when you're trying to support Fulham overseas, it's tough to, to get new overseas fans for a team like Fulham who have been over the last five years jumping up and down between the Premier League and the Championship. And if you look back over the last sort of six or seven years when we spent a couple of years in the championship and weren't even doing well, it's it's tough to follow a team like that. So I, it, it does make sense, and it's it's quite an interesting point that you bring up as well. But obviously we're, we're here to talk about the, the big game coming up this weekend. And as I mentioned before, Elton's unable to join us today, which is a bit of a shame, but we'll give his new business a plug because the reason he's not here is that he's just opened a new cafe here in South Perth, Australia, uh, it's called Split on Angelo Street. So get yourself down and get a coffee. And I reckon if you wear your Fulham shirt, you might even get a little discount. Yeah, all the listeners from Belgium were going to love that plug. <clears throat> oh, a Puerto Rican and uh, one Polish listener as well. Hopefully they can make the journey across. Um, Diversifying. <laughs> yeah. Make the pilgrimage. Look, let's let's focus on the game coming up this weekend. So it's a Saturday night game against Man City. It's a really interesting one, I think, for us to talk about purely because... How do you even talk about Man City? Like, they're, they're so good. Their squad is just ridiculous. Um, you know, even with injuries, the players coming in to replace injured players, who we'll talk about shortly, are still players that Fulham would absolutely love to have in the team. So 
Sammy, why don't you just talk to me, your like sort of overall thoughts about what it's like coming up against a team like Man City and what your expectations are. I mean, like, it's, it's, it's a lot more interesting than it actually leads on um, because, I mean, the pressure's totally off us. Um, I feel we're actually in um, a position where, I mean, it's Man City's game to lose. But, I mean... Three years ago, they were an incredible side, but like now it's just like, they've just morphed into something even more ridiculous. Like their, their entire substitute bench is world-class. So, but you know, I think the only kind of edge that we have is we probably do match them in terms of like grit and toughness and aggression. Um, player for player though i mean you used to be able to make the argument that up front mitrovic player like he's probably the only one that would maybe start and i'm sure we'll get onto it a little bit later he could probably still start but like across the board yeah maybe leno for maybe leno for edison but like but edison's pretty great like I'm only saying yeah. Leno because he's at least got the heritage, you know. But yeah, it's a, it's an interesting point you make as well because we have talked in most games beforehand when we preview, we we talk about you know man for man, what it's like when you compare, and it's really hard to find anywhere um, in the Man City squad where you could compare man for man and Fulham would come up trumps. Like you said, Mitro is always our trump card as as one of the best players. <clears throat> outside the top six, but he's coming up against probably one of the best strikers in the world at the moment. I mean, we, we regularly have the argument that he could be in the contention for being one of the best strikers ever. Yeah, yeah, so absolutely. It's, it's, it's hard. And then I'd say Polina's probably are the you know, brightest light this season. Um, but does he get in well, over... Rodri's very good. Rodri or, or even Gundogan as well in centre midfield. For oh, Man yeah, City. he's so, underrated. Um, I'd say, like, man for man... You'd expect Fulham to get absolutely battered because man for man, 11 zip, I'd say, to Man City. Uh, you might be able to argue a couple, but realistically it's 11 zip, which is, is fine. That's, yeah. you know, how we go into these games. But as you said, like, it's a bit of a free hit, but how do you approach a game like this? Do you go in and do you rest Mitro? Do you, like, switch a team around? Or do you think Fulham should be going to Man City and actually trying to take three points? No, I think we should go trying to take three points. I mean, it's it's one of those games where you it's just an opportunity to prove something. And in any other season, I'd be like, yeah, free hit. But like, I genuinely think that we've really proven something against the top class teams. Like Liverpool, um, this this team, they're not invincible. Um, that's why they never won a Champions League. Um, but like Liverpool recently beat them so they there is attainable and you know what Liverpool's side it's not even their best side that they've had in the past three years so well they just lost I, the I genuinely, into Leeds as well yeah we're not gonna go into that <laughs> um but like I I feel that this is a game where we might be able to outmuscle them cause all kinds of havoc. I think we actually touched on it in the last pod. I think Palina's got to go crazy, like mental, mental crazy to just 
scare the shit out of like Rodri and Gundogan just to be like, I don't want to go near that guy um, because he's probably going to injure me and we have more games to play. And maybe we might be, uh, to be honest, honest, I will just be really happy if we score a goal and like actually don't give them a clean sheet, which I actually think is attainable. I think that I think we could do that. Because their defence is good, but it's not impenetrable. It's it's quite an interesting point you make as well, and we sort of spoke about it before, how we wanted Polina to kind of go in crazy. The one thing that I see as something we can sort of go into the game thinking, and it's a bit of a weird one, but I, I look at this Man City team, or at least the lineup that went in to the game last week, every single player in that lineup will be at the World Cup in... Effectively, well, the the last game for us is we're recording this on a Thursday, is in ten days' time before the World Cup break. All eleven mm. of that starting lineup for Man City are going to the World Cup. You'd assume, yeah, um, yeah. They might have it in the back of their mind, and I've seen news articles floating around about players. Messi apparently has a clause in his contract saying he um, is allowed to skip the last couple of games before the World Cup to make sure he doesn't get injured. I wouldn't be surprised if Polina starts flying into tackles if a few players just in the back of their mind go, oh, World Cup coming up, not sure I want to get injured. And we saw, I don't know if you saw um, Son on the in midweek in a European game. It looks like he's potentially fractured his cheekbone and they're saying he needs surgery and possibly might be a doubt for the World Cup now. And it wouldn't surprise me if a couple of players have that in the back of their mind going, really wouldn't want to get injured like a couple of couple of weeks before a World Cup. Do you think we can use that to our advantage? Because we only really have... I mean, Polina, I think, is going to make the Portugal squad. Um, I think so. Mitro is probably going to be there as well, and Robinson. Apart from that, blokes like Harris and Reed can sort of go... Fl- not flying into tackles, not being silly at all, but maybe it's a way that we can, you know, rough Man City up a bit and, and wonder if they maybe take the foot off the gas with the, with the eye towards the World Cup. I mean, you guys have been calling me a conspiracy theorist for like <laughs> the past couple of months, just saying that like managers rest players. But I am looking at this squad. Like I'm looking at the one that lined up against Leicester. Um, and it's not, it's, it's as you said, these aren't just players that are going to like the World Cup. These are key mm-hmm. players. Like you got Cancelo, the Port, Stones, um, Gundawan, Rodri, De Bruyne. Even Jack Grealish, who, like, if nothing else, is, like, a marketing machine for England. So, like, they must they must have had conversations with, like, the heads of the heads of their country, um, of the managers of their respective national teams, to be like, hey, these next two games, it... The World Cup is more important, so you're going to play these next two games, but it's not going to be. This isn't. This isn't Champions League, and even in the Champions League, they haven't been actually starting their full lineup because it's still early stages of the Champions League. I genuinely think that we could really go in there and genuinely, not necessarily say cause an upset, but like it's it's kind of theirs to lose. We're just going to play another fixture and we want the points more than they do because they don't really need those points. So, I mean, the alternative is they could literally just completely um, change up this entire lineup 
to players who aren't going to be going to the World Cup, and they'd still probably have like a top six side. Yeah, but it's a it's a really interesting argument. Yeah, well, you know, I, I'm looking at their bench from the Leicester game. You got Mares, Foden, Nathan Ake, Ruben Diaz. You, I mean, even their bench, every Again, every bloke on their bench would start for for us, and are starting for the country as well. Most of these guys as well. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, I mean. Let's let's sort of dive in. I guess we've spoken a bit about the Man City lineup and what we're sort of expecting. Let's talk about the big story, which is the fact that Haaland has been injured, didn't feature against Leicester. He's got a. Um, it sounds like quite a similar injury to Mitro. It's a slight ligament bruising, by the sounds of things. So, um, you know, we saw what Mitro was like with an injury like that, and how it can affect a striker. It affects their pace, their jumping. Uh, he missed the game midweek as well against Sevilla. Um, Sammy, if let's say Haaland doesn't start, how big an impact do you think that will have? I think it's a massive impact. I mean, like this is this is Man City for the past five years. They have been able to win the Premier League with no definitive striker. So I don't think it's going to be like I don't think it's going to seriously detriment their ability to like batter us if they want to. But um, he's. Uh, if nothing else but for morale, he's a really kind of key point for them. Mm. And, um, I mean, like, Julian Alvarez, like, he's kind of, I, I think he's actually the same age, if not, he might even be slightly older than Harlan, but Harlan's ridiculous and he's still in development. Mm. He's definitely good. I think he scored at least, he scored at least three goals, I think. But, yeah, it, it, it's not the same, it's not the same side, um. Yeah, it's just it's they're just ridiculous. It's just a ridiculous team. Like it's like what do you what do you say? It's like they they it literally looks like a fourteen year old just went mental on FIFA. That is literally it's like that's literally what it is. Oh, which is why I sort of said before this as well. It's very it's it feels like a weird preview to do because you're previewing the best team in the world against Fulham. What what yeah. do you say apart from yeah, geez, they're really good. Um, yeah. So, look, like you said, I, I think the Haaland thing will be interesting. And if we look at the uh, the game against Leicester, they had they only managed five shots on target in the whole game. They were they were almost lucky to get through and win that game. And we know we've played Leicester. And mm. have we played Leicester? No, we haven't played Leicester. Have we played no, Leicester? We no. We um, no, we don't. We haven't yet. But Leicester's defence this season has been leaky. They've really struggled. Mm. But they kept Man City to just five shots on target, only 15 shots on goal. I say only 15. Leicester had 10 shots on goal and as many shots on target as well. Um, yeah. You know, we've seen games where Fulham have forced their opponents to make 50, like 30-plus clearances. Leicester only had to make 14 clearances for the game. Um, mm. I, I think it could be interesting if Haaland doesn't play. I, I, I reckon... It does take the wind out of their sails a bit. Not to say Man City are a bad team, because you look at someone like De Bruyne and he can do anything. Um, yeah. But without that cutting edge, it, it will be interesting to see how, how City go against us. So I, I'm kind of, in a weird way, looking forward to it. Um, even if we do get battered, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how we, we line up against City because think back to the Liverpool game where we were still really raw. Uh, we put in mm. a really good fight and almost took took three points away. Look at the Arsenal game. Again, we, we didn't get any points in the game, but we put up an amazing fight. Um, 
against these top teams, we're actually performing really well this season. No, I agree. It's I mean, and it's it's David versus Goliath, but I think like I the big the biggest thing that we have, and it's it's such a it's a it's a it's a crappy thing to say, but like they're just not going to care that much playing us. I mean, they're going to care as much as like um, every game is important in like the Premier League, and no manager is going to openly be like, "We're playing for them. We don't give a shit." Mm. But they kind of won't, and we can really, really use that. So, I mean, t- to be honest, they might actually play Haaland, which again could be a benefit to us because look, he's playing for Norway. It's not going to be he he's he's going to have a very different World Cup. Mm. to everybody else frankly he's basically only there so he can sell heineken or whoever like the sponsor is well uh, they, uh, i heard um guardiola saying i uh, i really hope harlan doesn't get fat during the world cup because he's probably going to head off to a spanish island for the whole time and be drinking and eating the whole time yeah exactly yeah and that's right that's right so i reckon i reckon he's kind of likely to start because he's probably going to still want to at least play because yeah it, it all does so. depend on how serious the injury is I, I it's it's a hard one to know because you know we've seen it ourselves through the whole season where uh we have tete being out injured and he's you know silver's constantly saying he's really close he's almost going to be there and then he doesn't so it, it'll be really interesting mm. to see if he does get on the field or not I, i'm sure he wants to play as much as possible and you know he knows he's got a rest coming up but the risk of potentially aggravating the injury would be, yeah, I'm not, I'm not 100 percent sure how they'll play it. It'll be interesting to see. I think we'll learn more over the next couple of days as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Mitrovic's injury kind of stresses me out way more than Harlan's because um, we've kind of, like I think He's just um, so key. Harlan, yeah, and Harlan can actually play with an injury because um, his game uh, is not just entirely dependent on his speed and his strength like he's got a pretty phenomenal touch as well whereas like we've seen kind of firsthand um an injury does affect uh Mitrovic's touch mm-hmm. and kind of damningly so as we saw um on the weekend what we'll do we'll look at some head-to-head stats before we do that because we'll look at the stats and then go to a little break um before we discuss the Fulham team and give our predictions um <clears throat> so I mean, Man City at the moment, for, for all their brilliant play, still sitting second in the league. Um, Arsenal yeah. still managing to sit on top by a couple of points, but uh, they are they have a game in hand over Spurs and, and Newcastle and sit three points clear of them. So you kind of expect that they'll be six points clear of the pack and Arsenal and Man City are sort of running away with it this year. Um, yeah. Fulham sitting seventh in the league at the moment, doing surprisingly well. We love it. Um, Man City only lost one game and only drawn two games this year. Average goals per game for Man City is currently 3.08, which is just ridiculous. Um, That's mental. Fulham's average goals per game, they're really good still, 1.69. Yeah. Even though we had a a goalless draw last game. Man City, average goals conceded per game, 0.92. So their defence has been really good, and we know how good their defence is as well. Uh, Fulham's average goals conceded exactly the same as the goals scored at 1.69. Um, but we have yeah. noticed Fulham's defence markedly improving in the last few weeks. We went through a period where we conceded, what, seven goals in two games. Uh, we've conceded yeah. four goals in the last four games, which is a much, much, much better result. Um, and, mm. you know, I look at that Leeds game where we conceded late on while they were chasing a game. So 
it's interesting. It's not reflective of how well our defence has played in the last few weeks, I'm going to say. Um, Man City, six clean sheets. Fulham, just the three so far. Um, chances created per match, Man City at three and Fulham at just over one. So Man mm. City create three chances a game, they score three goals. Um, Fulham create one chance a game, they score one and a half goals. We've been finishing really well this season. I think that's down to Mitro and Big Part as well. Um, yeah. Obviously, the goals, goal side of things, goal scoring. Um, Mitro, Fulham's top goal scorer with nine goals so far this season. Haaland, 17 goals so far this season. It's mental. It's actually mental. Like Just it's, crazy. It's, it's, it, makes, it makes a joke of statistics. Although, correct me if I'm wrong here, I did hear a statistic the other day that we've actually got the lowest XG in the Prem, but we're actually converting significantly more. It's, it's something like that. I don't know the exact stat. I think it was the second lowest XG, uh, but our conversion rate from XG is insane. So we score hard yeah. chances, um, which is good. I mean, you look at like Pereira's goal that he scored against West Ham, the XG on that would have been exceptionally low because he's at a weird angle on his weaker foot. Keeper should cover yeah. it, but we score a goal. Mitro scores some headers that he just shouldn't. Um, yeah. Polina's goal from outside the box against Forrest. Like, the goals that we're scoring at the moment are great goals. We're taking our chances, which is good. Um but another interesting stat, and obviously we know how good De Bruyne is. He's got nine assists this season. The second most chances created in the Premier League this season across all clubs, Andreas Pereira. He's only got the four assists. Really? But he's the second highest chances created of any player in the Premier League this season. That's a really interesting statistic. That's really, that's really interesting. I, I, I genuinely believe that, like, because that's it's what Silver does. Silver's really good at inspiring the team to go crazy. So I think we'll, I think we'll concede a lot. But I think if we just like literally just go as hard and get as fired up as physically possible, which I do genuinely see happening, because like why not? I could I could see two or three goals, like because I like obviously. Um, City's defense is good, but I don't think I would call it the best defense in the Premier League. Like, I'm not sure who I would give that title to, but I don't think I'd give it to City. Yeah, look, I mean, Cancelo is top class. Diaz is top class. Are they the oh, best no, defense? Great. Though you're probably right. Like, there there are probably better defenders out there. Um, like Koulibaly mm. at Chelsea is a seriously good defender. Van Dijk, obviously, um, Saliba's yeah. been amazing for Arsenal so far this year. Like, you know, they're good defenders, but are they the best? Well, hard to say, but, I mean, you, you wouldn't mind having them in your team. But the the fact that Pereira's created oh, all these yeah. chances is is really, really good. And it's good to see that we're actually finishing mm. them as well. And we can see Mitro scoring goals, but it's not just Mitro, which is great. Um, in terms mm. of passing, like, Man City just blow every team out of the water. Rodri has created, yeah. as sorry, completed 999 passes so far this season. Um, but we we have to remember that in most games, Man City complete you know three times as many passes as the opposition because they just hold hold possession all game. So not overly mm. surprising. But then tackling um, your your favourite person in the world. Do you know his full name? Oh, I imagine it's massive. I imagine it's probably like seven. Jao Maria months. Lobo Alves Polina Gonclaves. I mean, he's basically from Essex, isn't he? <laughs> So Jao Polina, a massive 53 tackles. Jao Cancelo, 
26 tackles. He's the next best out between both the teams. And then Kenny Tete on 26 mm. tackles, which is kind of crazy seeing yeah. as Kenny Tete has missed like four, three or four games this season. Um, yeah. I genuinely believe, I genuinely believe that um, Silver's not dumb enough to ever assume that technically you can go toe-to-toe with Man City. That is a ridiculous argument. But what he knows that we can do is we can rough them up and we can basically dismantle all of their chances um, in a way that we probably haven't seen before. Because, look, in a fight, I'm backing Harrison Reed over Gundogan. <laughs> um, I'd probably back Palina over Rodri, and I'd probably back Cabano over Grealish. I'd definitely back Bobby Reed over, like, half the people in, like, the squad, because I feel that he'd pull a knife on you or something like that. He's tricky. Um, like... I feel, I feel that that is literally going to be what the game is. City are going to try stuff, and we're going to go a little bit crazy on them. I think yellow cards are potentially going to be flying because, like, what what else do you do? But there is also what else do you do? But then there's also this team is capable of that. Like, these – it's a weird thing to say about Fulham, but it's a really aggressive team that we have. And um, Man City are aggressive, but I don't think they're as aggressive as us. Mm. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see Fulham's mentality going into the game. I, um, yeah, I think I think we'll be on the front foot like we were in the first few games. Uh, we've obviously just eased off a little bit recently. It's quite noticeable, but I think we'll get back on the front foot again when when we play City. Yeah, and I think it will all come in in the midfield as well. I feel like our midfield and our attack mm. will be very very aggressive. And I imagine Diop and Ream are probably going to be quite composed. And, I mean, Leno's Leno. Like, literally an iceberg could come down on him and he'd still be cool as a cucumber. So, look, Sammy, what we'll do, we'll go to a quick break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to discuss uh, the Fulham lineup for the game, or at least our expected lineup, and uh, give a couple of predictions. Okay, so Sammy, Fulham's lineup for the game. Uh, let's just like draw a line under a couple of things. Bert Leno is going to be starting in goal, and the midfield is mm-hmm. almost certainly going to be Reed, Polina, and Pereira. Yeah, agree. Oh, and totally. and Mitro up top as well. Um, yeah, <clears throat> I, I guess the points of contention. First things first. At right back, we've got Deckard over Reed suspended, so. I'm assuming Kenny Tete, he did make an appearance last week. I'm assuming he'll play a full game. Tete's starting. Yeah, yeah you would have thought to. so. And Robinson, obviously, at left back is is a given as well. Um, yep. Who are you picking for your two centre-backs? Two centre-backs? Diop and Ream. I'm not messing about. I'm not even going to explain it because I feel like it's... Uh, okay, I am explaining it then. <laughs> uh, no... Diop, he has composure. It's Premier League experience. I'm not trusting Tosin in that game. He'll make he'll make he'll make a silly mistake because that's what Man City do. They force silly mistakes. And if you're smart, which I think Marco Silva is, he's picking Diop. Do you think though, because Tosin is obviously playing against his old club, do you think there's you know an argument for him to be chucked in to to try and prove himself? 
I wish you could see the face that I'm making right now. He's playing against his old club but in the same way that like I'm playing if I was playing AFL, I'd be playing at the same club as the West Coast Eagles. It's a completely different <laughs> it's a completely different level. Like, yeah, he played he played for Man City and he was part of the development squad. But I don't think he ever even smelled Kevin De Bruyne's shoes, you know? Oh, I'm sure he did. I would I would definitely make a point to do that if I was part of the Man City development squad. In a perverted way, but like not in a not in a not in a offering up kind of like here, Tosin, have a sniff. You know, yeah. I don't think they talk. They're not Facebook friends. No, you're probably right. Um, yeah, look, I I, I do I, I do agree with you. I think I would be starting Diop. Uh, I think Reem has done really well as well. I think especially if Harland isn't playing, then you could, you should be playing Tim Reem. I think. Tosin's a little bit quicker, and so I'd be putting Tosin in if Haaland was playing. Um, just because oh, I think I, I, I just think Reem loses a little bit of engine towards the end of the game sometimes. Um, so uh, I, I'd agree. I think Reem and Diop makes sense to start as the two centre backs. You're about to argue with me then, but then I agreed with you. No, I was literally just going to say that, um, yeah, I, I totally see your argument for um, Tosin um, and Diop, but Reem, Reem is is the captain. It was, a, obviously, TC had like the armband, but I feel that, like... You can give it to Mitro. Um, Reem is, sorry? You can give it to Mitro as no, well. But, like, but Reem, Reem represents the best uh, he's the best captain that we've had in a really really long time even if it came through kind of like weird circumstances because i like obviously you remember in the championship there was like this weird oh is the captain tom candy or is it ream because it feels like it's ream um but ream is he inspires something in like the guys and i feel like the guys really respond to him being there he has a great presence about him and i think that's pretty valuable yeah no i'd I'd agree with that um uh, i think they performed really well against everton as well so it'd be tough it wouldn't really make sense to change it after a good performance like that it's a clean sheet and yeah it does it does make sense to keep it the way it was um so then the other big conversation as well who starts on the wings i i really loved seeing Willian and Cabano playing together. But who who would you start on the wings? Willian and Cabano. Willian yeah. and Cabano. Like, w- wings are the only creativity that we really, really have. And I feel that they're so creative that you can actually make the um, sacrifice for pace with Willian because it's obviously paired with um, Robinson's athleticism. And hopefully, if um, Tete does start, then you also have the strength to back up uh, Cabano's key weakness. Which is his tracking back. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I 100% agree. I'd like to see them start again. I think they worked really well together. They switched wings quite often during the game as well, which I quite like. Yeah. Um, like you, you often were just looking at, oh, Cabano's got the ball and he's on the left now. He was on the right five seconds ago. Um, uh, I think the, the link up between Willian and Robinson was incredible. I know we talked about it in the last part as well, but I, I loved watching them working down that left flank together. And I think, um, Cabano and Tete will work 
quite well together as well. I think Cabano probably works better with Bobby Deckard over Reed because they've played a lot more together. But Tete is a smart footballer, and I, I like the look of those two on the wing together. Um, I, I think, you know, for me, Harry Wilson is in the conversation, but I don't know about you. I just didn't think he looked quite sharp enough. What did you think he did? Oh, look, he he needs he needs time, and that's that's fine. I think he's look. I think he's a better player than Cabano. I think at Premier League level, he will be more valuable over time. But he just needs to he just needs to get it back. He's coming off a big injury, and like I remember, I injured myself um, um, playing indoor a while ago, and I, I I still haven't played the same since. And he's at a very different level. <laughs> I was going to say exactly the same, Sammy. It's exactly the same. It's exactly <laughs> the same. And um, yeah, I've 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 reached out to him and given him some tips, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, I I I don't think he's quite ready yet. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't. So if we don't push it too much before the World Cup as well, uh, if I was Wilson, I'd be saying uh, I can do half an hour, but not much more than that, and get him coming off the bench a little bit more often. Uh, but I just don't he, think he, he's he, going to. He doesn't look sharp yeah. enough yet, and it kind of reminds me of yeah. Solomon when he played his first game for us and came off the bench, and he just didn't look sharp. Um, mm. And Willian in his first game or two didn't look sharp, and it's all about just minutes, minutes, minutes. And getting these guys yeah. time, but I don't think the right time to do that. You want time where they're going to get on the ball and actually have the ball mm. against Man City. Let's be honest, we're probably only going to complete a couple of hundred passes for the whole game. Um, yeah. Wilson yeah. might get his hand on the ball five or six times throughout the whole game, and that might be it. It's I hope he doesn't possible. get his hand on the ball. Well, <laughs> I hope he doesn't get his hand on the ball. Get his proverbial hands on the ball. Um, okay, better. So yeah, it's it's an interesting one, but I. I I think we sort of both agree here that Fulham should be going into this game with effectively the same lineup as the Everton game, except for the one change, which is uh, Deckard Overeed out through suspension and Tete coming in. I'm pretty confident as well next time um, we meet Man City, I think um, Wilson will be starting. Because I think Wilson's going to play a lot of minutes at the World Cup. Like, there's there's no way he's not. Um, And I think... Second half of the season, I think Wilson will will be back to where we expect him to be. Well, speaking of that, then how far off this is? Oh, sorry, how far off are we from seeing our best eleven on the field? Do you think? I mean, for me at the moment, I, I love Harry Wilson, and I know he was a great player, and I, I like the idea of Solomon. I've heard great things about him, but it kind of looks like this weekend it could be our strongest eleven out there. Yeah, I mean, I I think I think Harry Wilson at full fitness is stronger than Cabano, just based on what I've seen. Yeah. Um, yeah. and I mean, I I I know um, Solomon's potential is more than William Long Term and Dan James. Mm. Uh, it, it it it's very likely to be more than Cabano. Because I know he really tore up the Turkish league, and he's been playing international for quite a while mm. now, and he's actually got quite a few goals at international level. But yeah, I don't really know enough about him, but I know that he he's come to the Premier League to assert something, which I don't feel that Cabano needs to do. Like, how how old is Niskins? He's mm, he's got to be. At I'm going to say 28. 28 so. I'd be guessing. Yeah. Um. 
Yeah. Uh, he's born in 1992. 30. Yeah, like that's he's he's on a different trajectory now, and well, I think we can all sort of agree that Cabano is, you know, he could easily become a a, a sort of lifetime Fulham player. I wouldn't be surprised if he played for us for another three years after this because he's a great guy to have yeah. coming off the bench. Um, yeah. Yeah, be be interesting to see where his future sort of lies. But I, I agree. I think Wilson is a better player all round than Cabano. He's younger. He has a different skill set. But um, I, I'd, I'd like to see Wilson get back into the team. But I think you're right. It's going to take a bit of time and... The World Cup's actually probably great for us, and the fact that he's going to get himself, you'd think, three, maybe four games, um, and then be able to come I, back I totally and, and do a bit of training and come into the start of the second half of the season fresh. Yeah, you and Dad were a bit... I felt like you and Dad were a little bit harsh on him um, in the last couple of appearances that he's had. I was actually impressed that he was even able to get into the game as much as he did and at least attempt to kind of, like, pull off a couple of shots as well. Um, that's 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 good. That's white flag. Green flags? Green flag. It's green flags <laughs> for me. Yeah. Oh, look, I, I, I don't know. Maybe my expectations are, are high for such a good player. He just didn't look sharp. I, definitely not blaming him because he's coming back from injury, so it's, it's expected. But I, I expected a little bit more from him, which is, yeah, maybe it's a fraction harsh because... You shouldn't be expecting the world from from every player, but you know we know how good Harry Wilson is, and so when he's not at that level, uh, it, you, you sort of feel a bit disappointed. But at the same time, I'm really happy that Neeskins is getting a chance. I'm just looking at his stats across the last few seasons, and you know every time he's played in the championship for us, he plays pretty much. You know, last season he, he played 44 games for us. Um, the season yeah. before in the championship, he played 19. Two seasons before that, he played an average of 30 games a year. Um, and then every time he's come up to the Premier League, he hasn't even cracked 10 games across a whole season. Like last time he, yeah. well, sorry. Last time he played 10 games, it's nine games. This season, he's already had 12 appearances for Fulham. Um, he, I'm, I'm just happy that a bloke who loves Fulham, a bloke who I really enjoy watching play as well, is getting really good chances here. Yeah, I mean, look, I feel that this entire season, if you if you could summarize it in a word, it would be redemption. But um, like um, pretentiousness aside, I genuinely do think that this entire season has just been about um, the guys that were a little bit written off, be it William for being too old, Mitrovic for not being able to cut it in the prem, and all the other boys that just everyone just wrote off as championship players. Um, we've come in oh, with way more than that shoulder. as well. You yeah. look at um, no, Tim you... Ream, you look at Anthony Robinson, who most Fulham fans were like, he's not a Premier League player. Uh, Harrison mm. Reed, you know, we know he's good in the championship and he's been good in the Premier League, but now he's, you know, we're talking about him potentially being caught up for England, which he didn't get, but we, we're looking at all these guys and you're, Right, we're saying it's it's full redemption because a lot of these guys got written off, and we're saying we're not signing enough players, and the squad's not ready, and then we're coming out and we're, we're seventh despite not getting all the even, players even, we wanted. Yeah, even Paulinho as well. I feel that like Paulinho has literally come to the Premier League to just be like, "Look, this isn't even a question. You should be picking me a hundred percent." And he's 
like as in for the Portuguese national team. Mm-hmm. And I feel that he is yeah. proving that in drones. It's pretty ingenious of him to actually choose a side like um, us from sporting um, as opposed to like a Man U where it's a little bit of a conversation. He's gone to a club where he's gone, there's no conversation because I'm the dog's bollocks. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's, there's going to be people going for his signature in the next two years and I'm really sad about it. Well, the good thing is we signed him up for a five-year deal so they're going to have to pay 80, 90 million for him. So at least if we do lose him, we we're gonna get some some money back for him. That's the only the only only That's small true. positive I can see in it. But so yeah, look, Sammy, true. I think we've covered off pretty well on the um on the Fulham lineup or our expected Fulham lineup for the game. Last thing to do is get your prediction for the match. Now we're always incredibly positive. I don't think think we've ever even predicted a draw or maybe one or two. But what are you what are your thoughts for this one? What how do you see the result going? I will be happy with anything close to 3-2. I would be I would be even happy with I would be even happy with 2-1. I mean, I'm saying this in favor of Man City. Like um I'd be very happy if we um got anywhere near close to that. Um look, uh, it's it's hard because I mean like we we play different types of games, and we're at our best we're a, a real giant killer, and we've got this real kind of like kill instinct about us. And then some games we can just get the rug ripped out from under us, and then it just all completely falls apart. Um, I, but again, I just don't think that Man City are looking to kind of like beat us down with venom. So I, I genuinely think if they got like two nil up, they would just park the bus and then maybe we could potentially get one in our corner. But I think I'm, I don't want to say two, one city. Cause I feel like that's going to be a boring game. I'm going to say three, two. I, I said this on Twitter and I, I got quite a lot of people sort of responding and agreeing. Um, I, the result doesn't matter as much to me. I think we we have the potential for an upset, and I think we've seen it with the results against Liverpool, the result against Arsenal. I'd like to see us actually close one of those out this season and, and get a win. Mm. But the main thing for me is just to see a, a really good performance. I don't want to see another West Ham, another Newcastle, where we just, pardon my French, but shit ourselves and concede stupid goals and look foolish. I want pundits after the game to say Man City were the better team and they won but geez Fulham put up a good fight and they need to be taken seriously this season because this is a proper football team I I don't care so much for the score I think we have it in us to get something out of the game I I personally think it's going to probably be a two maybe 3-1 loss Um, I think we will probably get on the score sheet because we create good chances through the season through the season through games Um, yeah look I I'm, I'm hopeful. Best case scenario, I think we either sneak a 1-0 win or, or get at least a one or draw out of it. Um, it's it's going to be a great game, and I'm just looking forward to, to hopefully us putting in a good performance. Um, it, it's, it's an interesting one as well. You know, Chelsea are just above us. 
Um, they've got Arsenal this weekend, so they may not get any points there. Liverpool sitting below us have Tottenham. They may not pick up points. Palace have West Ham, who are playing really well this season. They might not pick up points. Like we, if we sneak a point here, or, or th- you know, God willing, three points, it could be really interesting. That we we go into a Man United game sitting outright sixth, um, and playing against Man United and being like a couple of points behind them, um, and pushing for those European spots. Like, um, you know, dare to dream, but. Uh, it's not out of the out of out of the question. I wouldn't have thought. So I'm I'm really looking forward to the game. This is going to be a a great game. No, I completely agree. I could see a draw. I could genuinely see a draw. That's not me speaking in hyperbole. I think it's I think it's attainable. Mm. Sound like dad, but I think it's attainable. <laughs> Christ, I just want to play Chelsea. I'm so frustrated that I don't <laughs> want to play Chelsea. Oh uh, well, it's it's coming it. a good time. You know, Chelsea just had Ben Chilwell's pull a hammy, so. He's going to be out for a little while with them, so uh, you know. I hate them so much. Uh, give it, give it some time. We'll we'll get there. So look, Sammy, I think we can wrap up Man City now. I, I didn't think we'd actually talk for forty five minutes against uh, about this one, but we we ended up doing it. Uh, so no, thanks so much for for taking your time to talk to me about this one. It's a shame we couldn't have Dad on, but you know he'll be here definitely to wrap up the City game. Hopefully. He can come in and talk about how great the game was and how much he loved our podcast as well. That's okay. He he he, he would have just talked about if Robinson was fit anyway, and Robinson is fit, so it's fine. I'm 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 going to mention Ray Mysterio in favor of um, David and Goliath stories, and if Elton picks that up, I will be very happy, and I will be very judgmental if he doesn't. Yeah, well, you better bloody listen to the whole thing. So. <laughs> thanks again to everyone who has subscribed to the podcast we've had uh really great numbers the last couple of weeks the last podcast that we released uh after the everton game was one of our most successful so far which is great to see and the numbers keep going up every week really yep i don't know that please make sure you keep subscribing to the podcast like our pages follow us on facebook instagram twitter get around the podcast send us your questions get involved with us we really enjoy doing it we do it for all the Fulham fans across the world so that you guys can feel a little bit close to the club and enjoy us talking crap about them constantly. So, Oh, my God, send us questions. Send us questions. I, I, I love the questions. Any question's a good question, dumb or not. Even, even if you think that's a boring question, I want to hear that question. <laughs> Sammy, thanks for your time. Happy to be here. And would you like to make it three in a row? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'll do that. I'll do that. Come on, you white. Uh, it gets creepier every time. <laughs> <laughs>